Can we say thank you, Jesus? Amen. 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 Thank, you. thank you. Is God good? Or not? All the time. All the time he's good. I'll add a little extra phrase to that. God is good all the time, and all the time God's good. But every time, God is good. Every time. There's no shadow of turning in him. There's no, uh, there, there's no guile. There's no deceit. There's no malice in our Lord. He is constantly and continuously reaching out to us, and he has our best interest at heart. We say amen to that. Aren't you glad today that we serve a, a loving God, uh, a God that, that is very mindful and very aware of where we are and what we're doing? Can we say amen to that? Hallelujah. You know, it, it, it gets my mind from time to time. I'll sit back in amazement when I look up at the stars at night, especially if the stars are out. You know, you get back out away from the town and stuff like that and look up, there's a, a lot of stars up there. And our God created every one of those stars. He knows them by name. He hung them in place where they're at. He keeps them in their, in, in their place. And yet he's mindful of you and me. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad amen. that I'm saved. Oh, you didn't hear me, did you? I am so glad that I'm saved. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not wandering in darkness no more. I don't have to guess, I don't have to think about it, I don't have to uh, ponder on it. Why is that? Because the Spirit bears witness within me. And if you're saved, the Spirit bears witness in you also that you are children of the Most High God. Hallelujah. We have this confidence in Christ. Can we say amen to that? We have the confidence in Christ that He is who that He said that He is. Hallelujah, that he did rise on the third day, and that one day we will see him in the fullness of his glory, and we shall walk on the streets of glory one day. Hallelujah. But we have this life that we live here before that, do we not? So let's pray before I get into this, this morning's service. Glorious Father, we just begin by magnifying you and praising you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord God, for the precious blood of Christ Jesus and the finished work of the cross of Calvary. We thank you today, Lord God, that our sins are forgiven, and Lord, they are to be remembered no more. We thank you, Lord God, for the indwelling power of your Spirit that you walk with us to each and every avenue of life, every course, Lord God, every, every moment, Lord, that you are with us, for your word says that you never leave nor forsake. We thank you, Lord God, that you guide us to the perils of life as well as the joys of life, and Lord, that we look to you, Lord God, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, we know, Lord God, that you will guide us through this life and that you will welcome us into life to come. And now, Lord, we just ask that you would have your way here today. You know very well what uh, everyone here needs to hear today. You, you want to minister to each one. And, Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would fill your servant's mouth with your word. And, Lord, that your name would be glorified and the church would be edified. And we give you the praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. First thing I want to tell, tell, tell folks today is I want to thank you uh, for your prayers and your support over the past uh, a uh, couple of years, uh, uh, as everybody knows, we lost Kathy, but uh, well, it's not, we, we lost her here, but we know where she's at. So uh, uh, it's been difficult, uh, and uh, uh, I do appreciate your prayers because I want to tell you something right now. Until you get into a position like this, you don't really know how valuable the prayers of the saints are because the prayers of the saints is what holds us before the Father and, and gives us the strength to, to continue on. Can we say amen to that? So again, I want to say thank you to each one. Uh, 
If you would, open your Bibles to 1 Peter. We're going to be in there for a little bit, maybe. Uh, the reason that I say maybe is because the Lord likes to take me down this avenue and that avenue. But I want to talk to you today uh, about trials and tribulations. Uh, it seems that uh, no matter where we're at or what we're doing, we can't get away from those things, can we? Uh, we like our life to be ordered. We like it to be uh, uh, predictable, do we not? We, we, we like things to be the way we have them set up. We like things to uh, follow a certain pathway, don't we? We, we? we like status quo, do we not? Come on. You know, we like status quo. We like, uh, well, I, I like my coffee to just a certain way. Uh, I, I, I get up of a morning, I take my coffee, and uh, I pour just the right amount of half and half in the cup. I put it over in the, the Keurig, and I go over here, and I get my favorite coffee, and I put that in there, and I push that button, guess what happens? I got coffee just the way I like it, you know. But sometimes the Keurig don't, what if the Keurig don't work? Then I'm upset. <laughs> now, now, now I got, now I got to take and uh, make it the old-fashioned way. And, 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 and the thing of it is, it ain't so old-fashioned when you take and you take and put it in the drip maker and everything like that. I remember, and I'm sure some of you folks in here do, remember the old percolator sitting on the, uh, on the stove where, you know, the, uh, the Maxwell house. But anyway, we, are, we, we, we tend to like things going on the way that they are. But you see, when you receive Christ into your life, you, uh, things changed. Things changed in this aspect. Is that God now is working in your life. He is beginning to transform you. He's beginning to uh, the shift you from the earthly to the heavenly. Can, can, can someone hear what I'm saying today? You see, our, our life of faith is preparing us for the life to come. But also in this life that we're living, he is preparing us and, and molding us into the image of his son. So in 1 Peter, the first chapter and the third verse, I'm going to start there. Uh, Peter talked and he said, Blessed be the God uh, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Do you see what he said right there? He said, you have been saved by Christ. And not only have you been saved by Christ, but you're being kept by Christ. Can someone give me a hand wave on that? You are being kept by Christ today. I am being kept by Christ today. Wherefore ye greatly rejoice that now for a season, if need be, you're in a heaviness through manifold temptations. Now listen to what it says right here in verse 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trial of your faith does what? Is being more precious than gold, though it be tried with fire. Your faith has to be tested in order for it to be faith. Faith is, uh, faith is something that you can't see, something that you know but you can't see, something that you believe and something that you need to hold on to. In this world, in this world through the manifold temptations and the manifold trials that we just talked about, I, I, I like to say it that it's faith draining. Those things begin to draw at you, to begin to drain your faith. Because you see, how can this happen to me, Lord? I thought that you loved me. I thought, I, I thought that, uh, you know, everything was going to go along just good, just right. 
You know, and how can this be happening? It begins to draw at your faith. It begins to drain it down. Where are you at, Lord? Have you ever been in a place where you say, where, where, where you're praying and you say, where are you at, Lord? Why is this happening? Why is this going on? And you see, we, we've all, we, if you haven't been there, you'll get there. All right? Because like I said before, Christ is at work in you, perfecting you. You're not perfect yet. You're not completely mature yet. But one day you will be. At the moment that you're translated from this life into the next, your salvation will be complete at that time, this phase of your salvation. Your redemption will be complete at the resurrection. But that's another, that, that's another sermon for another day. And, and going on with uh, uh, what Peter said in First Peter, whom you're not having, who having not seen, you love, and whom, though you now see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. When we look at that, we think that everybody's walking around giddy. No, you're not. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not walking around giddy-headed. You're not, you're not on top of an emotional high all the time when you're living for Christ. It just doesn't happen. What that joy unspeakable and full of glory is, is that no matter what I face, no matter what tomorrow holds, no matter what today brings forth, I am joyful in knowing that I'm saved. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That I have a place in heaven. That Christ is with me and that He has strengthened me. And I do not need to fear what may happen today because Christ is with me and I shall overcome in Him. Amen. Amen. You may be weakened, you may be crippled, you, 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 may, you may stumble a little bit, but that is okay. God knows where you're at, He knows your limitations, He knows how to bring you through. Can someone give me an amen on that today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because you never know how strong your faith is until it begins to be tested. You never know. You never know where you're going to stand until something comes against you, whether it's a, a affliction, whether it's a, a anxiety, or whatever, whatever this world may throw at you. If we was all giddy-headed all the time, if we was all on that emotional high all the time, we would be nothing but spoiled children. And unfortunately, I see that in a lot of our mainline churches today, is that they continually and constantly put an emphasis on emotional highs. They continuously and put an a, 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 a emphasis on my life being blessed. My life is blessed. I have Christ in my life. But you see, what God calls blessing, now I may not call a blessing. Help me, Jesus. Okay? And, and, and verse 9 says, Receiving the end of your faith, even, by the salva even the salvation of your souls, or the end of your faith. A journey, you're taking this journey. First Peter 4, 12 and 13 says, Beloved, think of not a strange thing that a far, uh, concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Is some strange thing has happened unto you. Again, Lord, why is this happening? Amen. And believe me, when you have a loved one that is sick, when you have a, a family member that uh, is, is lost, and uh, when, when you have... When you have things that you don't understand, these trials and afflictions and uh, these things pull at you. And you begin to wonder, what am I supposed to learn in this, Lord? You ever ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn in this? Lord, I can't, I, I don't know why. Sometimes you get angry. Have you ever been angry with God? I have. Well, I don't like to say angry. I've been aggravated with him. 
Okay, I've been aggravated with him. But it goes on to say, but rejoice that as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad, but also with exceeding glory. What does it say right there? It's saying, excuse me, I got, got, went back here. But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. Nobody likes to suffer. Nobody likes to see people suffer. Then why is there suffering? Why, is, why, why do Christian people suffer? How many of us are familiar with Romans 8.28? It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. Well, how can cancer be good? How can trials of life be good? How can these things that beset us and worry us and pull us back and drain our faith, how can they be good? It's revealed in that next verse. It says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You see, God's purpose for your life and for my life is this, is that I should be Christ-like or I should be transformed from the earthly into the heavenly. Can we hear it? Can, can you give me an amen on that? God wants us to be transformed into being Christ-like. Not Christ, but being Christ-like. His attributes, His, uh, His ways of doing things. Come on now. He wants us to be Christ-like. So God uses these things. I'm not saying that God sent cancer. I'm not saying God sent the heart attack. I'm not, God, I'm not saying that God sent the persecution. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is in these things he is using to transform us from a, a, a weak and faithless person into someone that can see what is going on in this world round and about and he's building strength in us that we may be able to overcome in our times of trial and temptation. And not only for us to be able to overcome but be able to show Christ to the world. Amen. To show Christ to the world. Because you see, the world looks to the church to see Christ. And we'll say that again. The world looks to the church to see Christ. If you, if you say that you're a Christian, then you, there should be some attribute of Christ in your life. Is, should, is that not correct? Amen. So God uses those things that we would not to bring about good in our lives, to transform us. Hallelujah. Jesus himself, going down to, uh, going down to Hebrews 5. Jesus himself, it says, and I'm going to read this to you. This is speaking of Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Christ learned obedience through suffering. Not that he was disobedient, but he learned that the will of God was to be, a, he had to suffer to accomplish the will of God. Amen. Are we any less than our Savior? Are we better than him that we should not also have to suffer? When, when, when the Lord begins to prune things out of your life, and I don't know whether I can step down off of here or not, I'm a roamer. All right? I'm a roamer. 
But what I'm saying is that when the Lord begins to take and move things out of your life, most of the times there are things that we take and we like those things. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying they're sinful. I'm not even, I'm not even going to say that they're even, even wrong. But God wants to remove those things out of our life at times so that we can be transformed from, uh, from, to, to more into His presence, more into His being, more into His, uh, uh, more into His embrace. Can we say amen to that? Because you see, God, when you, when you received Christ, you gave God permission to change you. We all like to stay the same. This is Harry right here, and I like Harry just the way that he is. Come on. But the Lord says, Harry, we got some work to do. Well, I don't like to hear that, Lord. What do we got to do? Well, you need you, you, that, that, that TV program you like right there so much, I don't think you ought to be watching it. Well, Lord, I like that. You don't need to be watching that. You don't need to be doing this or you don't need to be doing that. See, he begins to prune those things out of your life that, that could be an offense to him, but his purpose is not to make you sit around nothing to do but twiddling your thumbs, but he's transforming you into his image of his son. Glory to God. Glory to God. One day... If we follow after him, if we surrender to him, as Christ did. What did Christ say in the garden? He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. One thing I did learn in all this is that I, 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 I don't really... I don't really take a lot, of, a lot of confidence in the word of faith people anymore. And why do I say that? It's because they seem to think, come out and say, well, if you say this, you stand on this, you proclaim that, you speak to this and say that, you say all these things, and it's going to happen. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. You can go out to that mountain out there and you can stand out there all day and, and, and proclaim it to be moved in the name of Jesus till your face is blue. And guess what? That mountain's going to stay there. Guess what? Sometimes the trials that come into your life, you can't overcome them by saying they got to go, they're this and that, and I proclaim the authority of Christ over all these things, and, and, and you stand on them things, and the trial still stays there. The thing of it is this, it is not my will, it is not your will, but it is His will. People that try to take and, 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 and do, the, do these things by, by, uh, by proclaiming God's Word, they're trying to twist, they're trying to bend God's will. We're not to bend God's will, we're not to twist His Word. We're to submit to His will and accept His word. Uh-oh. Ouch. Let's go back to what I first said. God is good. And all the time, God is good. God is good every time. Do you believe that? Amen. Then I know that His will is perfect. His ways are just. He is true. And He has guided me through this valley. May I may not understand. But He is with me. Can we say amen to that? And another thing. All right. In 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, Paul speaking. 
You know, Paul knew a thing or two about suffering, didn't he? Paul knew a thing, a thing or two about persecution. As a matter of fact, all the disciples, all the apostles knew something about persecution. I didn't see any of them traveling around in a gold chariot, did you? I didn't see any of them, you know, uh, put away vast amounts of money and stars, so to speak, and popular and so on and so forth. But through their obedience, through their suffering, through their living for Christ and allowing Christ to live in them, we have the New Testament. We have the Word of God before us. We have the example. We have the foundation of the church, of the uh, apostolic creeds. We have the apostolic foundations of the church. We have the, the found, and that foundation is Christ. We have their teachings, what they learned, what they went through, what they experienced. They, they walked with Jesus. They seen Jesus. Now, can you imagine that day on Calvary? Can you imagine that day when Jesus was hanging there on the cross and they all thought, they all thought and they all knew that Christ was the Messiah. They never thought that He would hang on the cross and that He would die. Whoa, wait a minute. That ain't supposed to happen. Isaiah says this, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways. But you see, it was through that, through that trial and through the, seeing the resurrected Christ that gave, and being filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't want to leave that out. But it was through that that they were able to go on and they were able to build the church. Come on. Amen. They were able to build the church and they were not turned away because the Romans persecuted them. They were not turned away that, 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 that Christians were being martyred. They weren't turned away because they were being fed to the lions. They weren't turned away. Why? Because their faith was in something more than just an emotional high or just something, uh, uh, something contrived by men. Their faith was based on the foundation of Jesus Christ, of Him, uh, 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 Christ crucified and rose again. Hallelujah. And that's where our faith has to be also. Christ crucified and rose again. Now, The Bible tells us that we are to rejoice with those that rejoice and to mourn with those that mourn. When you have been through something that has tried your faith, when you have been through something where you did not understand, when you've been through something that has wounded you or crippled you, you know how to minister to other people that are going through the same thing. Second Corinthians 1.3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. God knows where we're at. God knows what you're feeling. Your emotions, your hurt, your pain, all that is not hid from God. He knows what you're feeling. He's been there. He knows that. 
He was there when Jesus died on Calvary. He was there when the whole world turned against Him. He was there. He knows. That's why He's the God of all comfort. It's not strange to Him. It's not foreign to Him. That's how He can comfort you. Can someone say amen to that? Hallelujah. It goes on to say, Who cometh? Uh, comfort of us in our tribulation, that we may be able, that we may be able to them uh, comfort them that are in any trouble by the comfort wherein we ourselves are comforted from God. Because I've been in a situation where I needed God to comfort me, and He met me at my need. I'm able to minister to someone else that is facing the same thing that I faced. Hallelujah. You thought that you went through something that was useless. You couldn't wrap your mind around it. You couldn't think about what was going on. God is preparing you to help someone else along the way. To help someone else keep their faith and keep on going. That's what it is. You see, because that's what being Christ-like is, is that we love one another and that we help one another. Can we say amen to that? Hallelujah. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth. By Christ. Amen. For the sufferings of Christ. For the sufferings of Christ. I don't want none of that suffering. Come on. I don't want that. I like it nice and comfortable. As long as you abide in the status quo, church, you'll never grow. Come on. You'll never grow. And if you're not growing, there's a good chance you're going to be on the decline. No, I'm not saying you're going to fall away and go to hell, but you're going to be a weak Christian. And friends... In today's world, there's just not a lot of use for weak Christians. Come on. Come on. We need to be strong in our faith. We need to be able to reach out and tell others about Jesus Christ. We need to be able to, to, to encourage those that have been downcast. Come on. The story that you told, Brian, about that man helping those people, that was an encouragement to them. It kept them, it enabled them to go on. Perhaps one of them, or maybe all of them, was thinking it would be better off if I was dead, if I was just washed away. If you're still here and you're still breathing today, God's got a plan and a purpose and a design for you. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are. I don't care where you're at in life station, whether you're rich, poor, whatever it is. God has a plan and a purpose and a design for you. Hallelujah. You and I were born for such a time as this. You remember that's what Mordecai told Esther in the book of Esther. Perhaps we, you, you were put in this position for such a time as this. Church, we are here for such, such a time as this. This nation, this world needs to know that, that Christ is more than just an emotional high. He's more than just a judgmental look, but He is a loving and kind and compassionate Savior that will be with you in your trials and your tribulations, that He will lift you up and that He will give you a reason to live. Amen. Amen. I like to be on the mountaintop, but not much grows on the mountaintop, church. 
Down in the valley is where you learn to grow. Down in the valley is where you learn to trust. Down in the valley is where your faith is strengthened. Glory to God. So I say thank you Jesus for the trial of my faith. Thank you, Lord, that you've shown yourself faithful, that, 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 that I'm still believing. A verse that I shared at Kathy's funeral. Help me, Jesus. Because I've seen in her all that she went through, all, all, not just the last couple of years of her life, but the things that she fought along the way. She kept the faith. Lord, help me to keep the faith. Amen. Lord, help me to keep the faith and not turn away at the first sign of tribulation or affliction. Paul writes, and I'm closing with this. I encourage you to read 2 Corinthians. I encourage you to read the, read the book of Romans. I encourage you to read the Word. I encourage you to learn of Christ. Am I there yet? No, I've got a long ways to go. But I can tell you this right now, I'm further along the road than I was. Hallelujah. And that one day I'm going to gaze upon his beautiful face. I know that I am. Because I have this faith and this confidence that no matter what, it doesn't matter who wins the election, it doesn't matter which way this country turns, I would that this country would turn the right way. I, I, I would, and I, I want to see this country turn back to right but in all of this, I know that Christ lives. I know that He loves. I know that He sustains. I know that He provides, regardless of your situation. Paul writes in Philippians, the third chapter, and I'm closing with these. And I pray, and I pray this, that not only is this my prayer, but I pray and I hope that this becomes your prayer. Paul writes, says, that I may know Him. We, we learn about Jesus, we talk about Jesus, but do we know Him? You see, in Psalm, the Psalms tells us that the children of Israel had seen the actions of God. They've seen the things that He done. But Moses knew him, and Moses knew his ways. And that's what my prayer is. Lord, show me your ways. I want to know you, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. You see, because it comes with that. It comes with that, church. It comes with joys too. It does. 
but it comes with suffering and being made conformable unto his death. Glory to God that I might be Christ-like. And Paul finishes that thought out, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So church, today I pray that this word has helped you. I pray that uh, you begin to have a little insight into what God is wanting to do in your life. Because I'm here today to tell you that cancer cannot destroy your faith. The death of your loved one cannot destroy your faith. Persecution cannot destroy your faith. Christ will preserve us and he will keep us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Is there one here today that needs special prayer before we close? Is there one here today that the Lord has spoken to your heart? Is there one here today that we could just lift our hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for walking with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we begin by magnifying you once more, Lord. You keep us in the midst of persecutions and trials and joys. You keep us in whatever avenue and course that life might take, Lord. And Lord, we come together and as one we pray, Lord God, that we might know you in your ways. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would transform us, Lord, and help us in our times of temptation and trial and suffering, Lord. Lord, that you would build within us, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord God, the strength of faith that is needed for such a time as this. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you'd use us, Lord God, to be the church outside the church, to speak to our friends and our loved ones, our neighbors and strangers, Lord God, whatever it may be, that we might point them to you, Lord, for we know that you are the answer. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice today. I pray that you meet them at the point of their need, Lord. I pray that you bring healing to their bodies and healing to their hearts and encouragement to their souls, Lord. For indeed, Lord, you have never left us nor forsaken us. And Lord, we know that one day we shall gaze upon you. And now, Lord, I ask your blessing upon each one. Oh, yes, Lord God. Your blessing, your gentle presence your still small voice, and the strength that only comes from you. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen and amen. Thank you for allowing me to come and minister today.